Welcome to Dr. Eric's Relentless Vitality Podcast. Our focus is on optimizing physical and mental vitality, maximizing performance, and extending lifespan. Dr. Eric is a licensed physician with a wealth of expertise in age management and preventive medicine, whose goal is enabling his patients to stay young, feel their best, and enjoy a higher quality of life. There we go. There we go. Jim? Yes. Hey, now we're working. I'm not- yeah, I'll tell you. It took about eight times. That's crazy. But it's there. We're good. <laughs> Gotta love technology when it works, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I tried it earlier. It's a new, it's a new, uh, a new way to do it, and I, I tried it earlier, and it worked fine. And then, of course, as soon as I did it here, it said it wouldn't connect, and that I had to turn off my Wi-Fi. And so, hopefully, uh, my signal will stay good. So, how you doing today? I'm doing good. Doing real well. Excellent, excellent. Well, I uh, appreciate you uh, letting me uh, get you on the call. I've enjoyed all of your uh, your lectures. I did the. Uh, Parts one through four IPS, the, the peptide cert course, and obviously you had a ah. you had a ton of material on there. It was great, cool. So um, that's great. Yeah, yeah. So this is just uh, my uh, relentless vitality podcast. I'm gonna do a quick intro about you, and I'll let you talk, and then we'll we'll get into the questions. If that's that's good with you. Cool, man. So, Perfect. Yeah, Let's hit hey, it. Uh, Dr. Eric here with another episode. I've got Jim Lavala. He's a clinical pharmacist and board-certified clinical nutritionist, well over 30 years of experience in wellness disease prevention, author of multiple books, such as Your Blood Never Lies, Cracking the Metabolic Code. He's a well-known industry expert and educator, has his own successful practice for what, almost two decades now, and uh, as well as the developer of the Metabolic Code. So, Jim, glad to have you on. Anything else you want to say to intro yourself? Or Well, no, that's great. Other than uh, I've been actually been in practice 35 years. So uh, I, I, uh, I'm feeling that age after you said that. <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why we're doing what we're doing, right, to, kid, to uh, keep us feeling younger and stronger, right? That's right. <laughs> well, I'm a, a, an age management hormone, uh, you know, health optimization physician out here in uh, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, and um, I got introduced to, I've been doing HRT and that stuff for a little while, and I got into the peptides, I can't remember, probably a little over, maybe over a year ago, and, and uh, started doing the course, I took uh, parts one through four, went to uh, one of the masterminds, and it was just at the last, the big conference they had, uh, I think their second annual, and I met Bill, and we've had, he and I have had some great conversations, and then, uh, and it's, it's been great, met a lot of great people, learned a ton, um, so uh, I know you've been involved with them uh, quite a bit as well, so it's uh very this whole this whole uh, world of nutrition peptides is, is fascinating it's amazing how quickly it's changing uh, absolutely yeah i think it's uh you know it's that intersection i think the thing we have to be careful of is you know peptides are pretty interesting but we still have to optimize the individual metabolically and enzymatically so those things can do their job but uh yeah it's a pretty pretty absolutely. interesting time You were, uh, you're still out, you're on California presently, but you were in Cincinnati or do I have it back? I was in Cincinnati for, gosh, practice 25 years and uh, last 10 years here in, in California. But then I'm back at the, the NFL Hall of Fame uh, project, you know, coordinating that as the, the program director for their integrative medicine for their health and performance platform. So so I'm, I'm getting back to Ohio some nowadays. Oh, Jim? Yeah. yeah. I lost you there for a sec. 
Really? Okay. Okay. I don't know if that was my phone or your phone, but yeah, so you're at the, um, I read about the NFL project. Tell me about that. You're there working presently? Yeah, ba- um, basically it's working under the direction. Jer- Jeremy Hogue is uh, who's the uh, kind of the overall director of that. Uh, he's with Sovereign Healthcare and has worked with, you know, major healthcare systems. And we're really establishing a Hall of Fame health and performance program uh, so that we can um, provide, first of all, you know, cutting edge, you know, optimization to Hall of Famers, but also their spouses. Awesome. Uh, and and uh, which is really great. And we've got about 40 Hall of Famers and their spouses. Wow. Uh, that we're working on right now and we're getting really good results. We're really proud of it. And then we're going to use this as a, you know, a template. I think everybody kind of looks up to those folks and, yeah. you know, I think it's a great option. It's the same thing I'm doing with the NBA. I mean, I'm, we're doing stuff with the NBA. I'm doing stuff in the NHL. I'm starting to work in with the armed forces, especially in the special ops area. So it's, you know, I, I think optimization is is meaningful for everyone whether you're trying to achieve high performance or just trying to recover the most capacity that you can so you can enjoy your life the most you can for as long as you can right that's absolutely so it, do, you know, it doesn't matter i mean i've got you know i got a, got a call with a cancer case here and in about an hour and a half and for me it doesn't matter whether it's you know cancer autoimmune diabetes or it's somebody saying hey i want to play at the highest level you know, everybody's chemistry can be improved. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think you hit it on the head. I mean, I, I uh, haven't been doing it nearly as long as you have, but I mean, I've got, you know, your average Joe, I've got a couple of guys that are ex-military guys, police officers, you know, all of the above. I don't, so uh, yeah, it hits everybody. Uh, I think that's awesome what you guys are doing. Now, are you doing everything from afar? Are you traveling to Canton periodically or how, how's that working? Uh, we travel to Canton for the annual of the year, and then we uh, follow up with everybody, and then we coordinate doctors regionally with them, and then we put them on nutrition and nu- nutrients and their diet programs. It's been, you know, it's it's worked out real well, yeah. So I get to come back to Canton a little bit. That's awesome. Well, man, I mean, I obviously I just kind of met you, but uh, if you ever do, I'd love to meet up with that. It's funny because I'm in Columbus. I'm only about an hour a little over an hour from can i'm actually from can originally that's my hometown so um oh wow yeah yeah so when we went up there for the mastermind it was uh that's where they had it up at the hall of fame and that was kind of fun getting back i mean i get up there to see my parents quite a bit but it was cool to get in the hall of fame and i haven't been in there forever and uh it was it was really cool so i think that's 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 awesome i'd love to love to get up there if I, at some time in the future and meet you and see what you guys are doing that's really cool Oh, that's great when was that when did you guys have that mastermind oh it was just this last summer uh when the heck was it I would say like, shoot, I don't even remember now, May or June. It might have been June. I can't remember. Uh, but I think it was just this last summer. Yeah. Oh, it's good. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And then they had the uh, the regular the regular conference, I think, in down in Florida just a few months back. But. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's amazing. They've gosh, they've uh, they've done a lot of great things there at the Hall of Fame. It's changed a lot for sure. Um, Absolutely. Hmm. So I'd love to, I don't know, tell me, are you, um, typically I'm talking for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. Let me know whenever, I don't know, let me know. I want to be respectful of your time. If you got to go, just let me know. We'll try to. I'm all good, man. I'm all here for you. I got, I got all that time booked off. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. So I've been looking forward to speak with you. I think, you know, it was like, uh, when I did those cert courses and watched a lot, it was like a fire hose of information, man. So I was, uh, trying to, I mean, I could ask you a gazillion questions, but, um, I, (laughs) (laughs) I've always been, I mean, I've always been fascinated with, with fitness and nutrition and I'm always trying to, 
try new things and read new things of what's going on. So listen to your, your, your uh, lectures were, it was, it was excellent. So um, let's, I guess let's start with, um, I guess, just overall fitness. I have a lot of guys, of course, I work with uh, one of my partners as a trainer. We work, I get a lot of clients out of the gym. Uh, just your average guys just trying to do the typical thing, right? Just, you know, you know, get stronger, get, you know, put on some more muscle, lose some fat. Um, I loved your lecture on uh, when I first heard about like uh, what you're doing with uh, supplementing the peptides. I've got a lot of, a lot of patients on peptides. And I guess that's one of my thir- first things I wanted to discuss with you is how to, uh, the best way to optimize your peptides and, um, and nutrition. I, I know you touched on, obviously you love, uh, as in my big proponent of like glutamine, you mentioned the uh, phosphatidic acid and the alpha GPC, which are pretty interesting. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about those, the alpha GPC versus, I know some people ask me, well, what about choline or citicoline, all the different, ver- I think you obviously in the lecture, sure. you prefer alpha GPC because of the studies, but anything else you want to talk about in, in those, in those, in terms of optimizing performance, muscle gains, and uh, just performance in the gym and outside the gym? Well, I mean, I think, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, being, I was a, you know, former bodybuilder and, you know, national competitor and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm, I, I think it takes, what, what I think people end up looking for is a magic bullet <laughs> yeah. and there's no magic bullets. Yep. I mean, there's kind of magic bullets, but the problem is they end up breaking your tissue down in the long run. So, right. you know, you have to be, you know, so, so the point being is, is that, you know, tissue anabolism occurs by training hard, but not overtraining. So it's understanding curiosity, understanding how I'm going to, you know, adjust my training over, you know, mesocycles of 12 and 16 and 20 weeks so that I'm, you know, correctly engaging that, that physicality to get those results. So that's one step. You know, the other one, the obvious one is, you know, getting adequate sleep. That's one of probably the biggest thing that you can do. Yes. And then, you know, the next one is, is well, where's my nervous system at? I mean, because uh, if you're sympathetic dominant, if your heart rate's above 62 resting, you're sympathetic dominant. If your blood pressure's over 120 over 80, you're sympathetic dominant. Mm-hmm. And if you're sympathetic dominant, you're gonna be pro-inflammatory, you're going to end up a little catabolic. And so you got to balance that, that uh, sympathetic nervous system or the white tiger with the parasympathetic, oh, it's not a white tiger. Right. That's where the value of alpha GPC comes in is that it's a choline donor. It's deacetylated lecithin, basically. So taking choline is good, but getting it to cross the blood brain barrier is harder. So why alpha GPC is good is that it, it, crosses the blood brain barrier and it and you know it helps you to you know make more growth hormone and and helps with memory because you're of your choline pools and um and so that's why i like alpha gpc so much is that they've got some Jim? Jim? Yeah. Oh, I lost you there for a second. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, you did. That's so true. I was so what I was saying was that you know, you you why I like GPC is because it's so good at building um, you know, acetylcholine pools, which right. helps you to release growth hormone. Um, citicoline, I, I just haven't seen that great of results with it. And taking choline, you gotta take too much of it to get it across the blood brain barrier. Right. So I like GPC because of its ability to help with release of growth hormone. And obviously if you're gonna use things like, you know, ipramorlin and, and CJC or, you know, any of the other 
uh, analogs that help with growth hormone and, and getting growth hormone receptors more um, active, then yeah, make sure your choline's on board because it'll keep your nervous system from triggering a pro-inflammatory response. Right. And so I like that a lot. Um, you know, and, you know, phosphatidic acid's an easy one because, you know, phosphatidic acid is basically, it's the worker that helps get your branch chain amino acids to be transported onto your muscle post-workout. And there's been really good studies, once again, on phosphatidic acid improving lean mass. Now, yeah, there's people that do SARMs and there's people that use peptides. But I mean, you know, once again, I deal with a lot of athletes that, you know, they can't use peptides. They can't use SARMs. So we have to, you know, think about how do we, um, you know, get them in an anabolic drive cycle. And, and phosphatidic acid is one of the best things that I've seen. Uh, it's worked really well. I've gotten great re results with it from people. Uh, so I think that that's, you know, awesome. And, uh, and look, in general, when you train hard, your glutamine pool is going to go down. It's a core, you know, essential amino acid if you're training because it keeps your gut integrity intact. And, you know, it really helps with glutathione production in your kidneys, which, you know, kidneys, they take the brunt of a lot of training, right? You get acidotic, your urine gets acidotic, your kidneys, you know, go, go under redox issues. And now all of a sudden your rate of rusting is going up. So yep. I like those three because I think they're a, you know, they're a nice baseline of what to think about doing or using. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, it, it goes without saying that, you know, I mean, I, I find a lot of people make mistakes all the time, like ketogenic diets. I mean, sure. Really big mistake for people to be doing them and, you know, it might cut weight for a while, but you know, man, typically more inflammatory signaling, you know, more endotoxin being circulated, you're, you know, killing off your bacteria. So, I, you know, yeah, I, I think there's some key things that people have to do uh, for success in the gym, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and that's, you know, some of it, some of it is supplement related. Hey, you know, one of the biggest things is deep breathing two or three times a day, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. It, yeah. Really important. So, yeah. That's the, you know, for me, that's the key, you know, hey, there's the start right there. Yeah, I love what you said about, and that was one of the questions I was going to talk to you about later was the parasympathetic versus sympathetic. And that's one thing that I, I do myself and I try to get a lot of people to do just to kind of balance it out. You know, when I'm, I'm done with my workout, I kind of just sit or lay on the ground just and close my eyes and take, you know, 10 deep breaths, just try to flip it back into parasympathetic and just rest and get ready to rest and digest. So, um, too many of us, I think, just you know, slam it hard in the gym, then go right up and shower them right off to work or right off to do whatever, and they're just they're 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 frying themselves out. See it all the time. Yeah, I mean, everybody's push, 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 and all of a sudden they hit the wall, and they can't understand why they're not getting lean, and they can't understand why they're not thinking clearly, and why is my reaction time off, and how come I don't have as much power coming out of my lift? Right, right. It's it's. It's easy to see if you're always got your foot on the gas. Yeah. It's just everybody's different as to how long it will take them to break. Right. Some people have a tremendous stamina to that, right? Their allostatic load level is really high. So you know, that's the key. Absolutely. Absolutely. What's your take on, uh, and I, I was fascinated with the conversations uh, that I think you mentioned and Bill mentioned about uh, some different tweaks on uh, post-workout routines and things in terms of, I'm, I, I really like um, doing my training fasted, but I've not really done a lot of the post-fasting or the post-workout, you know, talk about doing the ketones and obviously the supplementation, but, you know, you know, some people will say, oh yeah, I got to 
slam down the carbs and the protein post-workout. Other studies say just the protein is all you need. And then there's a lot of different, uh, a lot of different thoughts on that. I guess it depends on what your goals are. If you just, you're trying to shed fat or build muscle or whatever, but uh, that was a very interesting, especially with the ketones. So uh, what's your, what's your take on post-workout uh, nutrition? I guess, same thing, goal oriented, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I think you got to have some protein no matter what. And I think for a lot of people, uh, it depends how hard you've worked out. You know, if you go into the gym and you're working out 45 minutes, you don't need a pre-workout, you know, right. an intro workout and you don't need a post-workout drink. I mean, you know, come exactly. on. Exactly. It's, it's about how hard you're training and how long, long you're training. If you, the harder and longer you train, the more you're going to need to deplete. You're going to have to replete some glycogen and you're going to have to put some muscle in meaning protein or your body's going to go to your muscle and break it down for energy. So it's that simple. Right. Um, I know Bill's a big fan of the, of ketones. I don't really use them. So, I mean, I can't really speak to the ketone thing. I don't, sure. I don't really do that. Um, he's, you know, a big fan of it. Um, I think that uh, if you're going to use ketones, I mean, I've had great success with just the, the, the butyrate ketones. It doesn't have to be the ketone esters. Right. Um, but for some people, you know, if they want to do the ketone esters, they can. Uh, but I, I would I would say that you can use um, ketones uh, to kind of help give immediate energy. Uh, so that part's good. But in general, you know, if I'm trying to lose weight, try to wait 15 to 30 minutes before putting your protein in, you know, allow yourself to access fat stores and then put protein in and less carbs. And if you're not trying to lose weight, you know, ad get adequate for the amount of time you worked out, adequate carb repletion with some protein. And you know, I keep it pretty simple, you know. Yep. Um, in the end, how hard you train is typically how you get results. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm a fan of uh, keeping it simple as well, for sure. Um, that's awesome. No, great tips, Jim. I, I'd like to uh, switch gears and talk a little bit more. Uh, I guess I love talking and learning more about the gut. And obviously, I know you talked a lot about the microbiome and the gut and things. Right. Like, um, it's funny. I listen to all kinds of during I, I commute quite a bit. So I listen to a ton of uh, shows, podcasts, and I'm always trying to, to listen. Of course, you uh, the ongoing nutritional um, drama that goes on, you know, whether it's vegan and carnivore and all these different things and fire. <laughs> it's entertaining for sure but i'd love to talk about fiber um you know the carnivore guys say you don't need it the vegans say you got to have it and everybody else is somewhere in the middle but i know you're you and, and um bill big proponents on prebiotics and fiber um so i want to talk to you about uh, that as well as uh, probiotics so um what's i guess i don't know if there's much to say on that but i'm just curious about what your take because everybody of course has this, this studies that show you need it some studies that you don't need it you hear you hear it from both sides and, and obviously everybody's different some people are better with it certain amount of sure cetera. so i think in general fiber is good for a few reasons one is that uh most people don't eat as good as they act like they eat right. um when you when you do the stuff when you really look at what people end up doing when they say oh i'm a carnivore i'm a carnivore other than when i see a good pizza right um it, <laughs> right. You, you know what i mean it's like nobody's you know making a pizza out of uh out of bison burger right so i think that people have a lot of talk about their, you know, ve vegans are a little different because it's more of a religious and theological, you know, theosophical uh, thing most of the time. So they'll, they'll make it more uh, that, but um, to me, I think fiber is important. Absolutely. I've seen fiber work so much to help people with manage their weight because it helps manage their appetite. 
I think the fiber is important for several reasons. I think one is that it helps with managing, you know, uh, bad bacteria that make enzymes like beta-glucuronidase that end up, you know, cleaving off your estrogen and allowing free estrogen to float free if you don't have adequate fiber and you don't have the right bugs in your gut. Right. So fiber is incredibly important from that perspective. I think it helps with satiety, uh, helps with hormone processing, helps a little bit with detox. Uh, and you know, that's good. And I, I think it's, you know, once again, I think it's interesting, you know, most people that say they're vegan are more either carbitarian or pastatarian. They're not really <laughs> vegan. Right. And, and I didn't say Rastafarian, by the way, I just said <laughs> carbitarian or right. pastatarian. But my point, my point with that is, is that, you know, I, I find very few really good vegans that are healthy that have adequate iron, that have adequate B12, that have adequate carnitine, that have adequate CoQ10, uh, that are able to push hard. Now, I know the big Game Changers show on Netflix now, right? Everybody's about be trying to become a vegan athlete. The Most of the vegan athletes, so I see them try to do it, fail. I mean, I know they had some examples of people that they interviewed, so it was great propaganda. Right. It doesn't do that well. And at the same time, I can tell you that if you're a carnivore, you, all you got to do is check the pH of your urine. If their pH is acidic, then it's going to be if they're eating a primarily carnivore diet, uh, they're going to be accelerating their rate of damage in their tissue. Right. I mean, there's no doubt about it. The, the lower the pH of the urine, the, the, the more the oxidative burden, the more the oxidative burden, the more systemic load, the more you move towards inflammaging, right? There's right. those terms, metaflammation yep. and right. inflammaging. And yep. it's, you know, metabolic inflammation. That's what the metabolic code was all about was, hey, what are the factors that is making your metabolism trigger yourself towards a process of inflammation? And so I think fiber is important for that. And, and I think people that don't eat vegetables are stupid. Um, you know, there's too many studies that show the value of eating vegetables to help your health. Uh, and at the same time, I think we've done a big disservice to trying to study meat in this country because we haven't studied quality meat. Right. Especially when it's eaten with vegetables. Right. So, yeah. So that's kind of my quick spin on that. I agree. Is it, can you, have you seen people having, uh, can you get too much fiber and get, you know, overly uh, gut issues or constipation or because of too much fiber or just not enough? Have you seen it both ways? I think that um, you can do too much of anything. You can, you can do too much water. You can do too much. Take too many supplements. You can take too many peptides. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I kind of shy away from people acting as human pincushions. Uh, you know, so so I think that it's really important to understand that getting somewhere between twenty five and forty grams of uh, of fiber a day is probably the right target, and that's where people should a minimum of twenty five, closer to forty. Get a variety. So, you know, use chia seeds, use hemp hearts, use flaxseed. Um, and prebiotics, of course, are important. So resistant starches are important because they help provide beneficial flora. Sure. Food. Um, where I think it's important is, is that I've had great success by giving people probiotics. I don't give people, you know, gabillions and gabillions and gabillions, you know, all the time. Uh, I think it's important that people understand. I think there's a, just a, in general a lack of knowledge in the probiotic space, um, meaning that nobody understands that is the product guaranteed to the time of expiration? Did they study the multiple 
strains that are in the bottle to see if they all survive together or if they're eating each other. Does it have a metabolic effect, meaning it has a doubling rate, it survives acidity in the stomach, it creates a change somewhere that's been shown in a study, like a change in circulating endotoxin or an improvement in, immu you know, in immune response. Um, I mean, I've, I've just had too many experiences in my 35 years of, you know, people with pancolitis. You know, we dose them up on probiotics, knock out, give them some anti-inflammatory stuff in their gut. Uh, change their diet, and all of a sudden, you know, they're not a candidate for surgery anymore. And the probiotic had a lot to do with it. So, right. I think, I think, but but at the same time, I think people were like you guys said, people could do too much fiber. I think people are doing too many probiotics. Like they're doing, you know, a hundred billion, two times a day, three times a day, four times a day. And I think you you, you kind of got to get your gut right, and then maybe switch off on probiotics and do smaller amounts because you got to remember. They're live organisms that double anyway. Yeah. It's not like you're just taking them. They're seeding in your body. Right, right. Yeah, that was my next question is, uh, you know, and you, cut, you partially answered that already. A lot of, a lot of you know, people ask all the time, well, what's, what's a good brand or how many, how many probiotics, like what, how many, you know, CFUs do I need? And is it spore-based or non-spore-based? So those are, you know, I, th I think uh, I like to rotate things around. I think you mentioned you guys did that as well. But, um, yeah, you don't need. 50 billion or a hundred billion. Right. I mean, what's your, what's your general guideline, I guess, in terms of number quantity. Sure. I mean, I, I mean, I find when spores work, they really work great. And if they, or they don't work at yeah. all. So I find, I mean, I, it's either like, wow, I've never taken a probiotic like this <laughs> or I don't really feel anything. Right. So that's my, my take on the spores. And I'm not quite sure why that occurs. Spores been around since 1950. I mean, they've been used in Europe for 50 years at least. Right. So it's not like it's a new thing. Right. Um, and in terms of um, probiotic dosing, if I've got somebody where, you know, they've got, you know, they've got a colitis or they've got an IBS, I might start them on 20 billion twice a day. Uh, if they've got a full blown colitis and it's, you know, very inflamed, I may do a hundred billion, you know, once or twice a day. But you know what, if they're really in trouble, I use a probiotic. There's two probiotics I use. Um, I mean, Wakanaga, Chiodophilus uh, by Wakanaga, heat stable, guaranteed to expiration, known doubling rate, um, human studies on it or, you know, you know, related to it, its function, human flora. I, I really like that. And that's not one that, you know, in our space, we really see that very often. I mean, they, they're, they, I mean, a lot of companies buy their probiotics from, Wakunaka, but they have a product that sits on the health food store shelves called Kyodophilus. I like that product because it's heat stable. People can travel with it. Um, you know, and so, so I think that's really great. Um, and then, you know, switch off them, you know, and once again, it's not a big dose. I mean, they have them everywhere from a billion and a half units per capsule up to 25 billion units per capsule. Right. right. So it doesn't, I, I think it's important to understand that when you're first out of balance and you don't have SIBO, uh, that you may need to take, uh, you know, a probiotic to kind of get things back right. And as you do, you can lower the dose of the probiotics, make sure you're getting prebiotics and fiber, and it should be, you know, relatively easy, given the fact that you're probably also going to have to find out what food you're intolerant to or what's causing you problems. Yeah, yeah, I was going to talk to you about that, too. I think that's one of your, one of the big first steps. I mean, people are looking to lose weight or have gut issues is find out what the hell's bothering them. 
um, you know, get them on an anti-inflammatory diet or an elimination diet or just slowly, slowly whittle it away. I guess that's, you know, where that's my next, I guess uh, we could lead into that, I guess, in terms of where do you start, right? You got someone that's, um, they're right. anxious, they're overweight, they're tired. And it's like, man, where do you start? Obviously there's a gazillion tests. There's a million questions you can ask them, but, uh, yeah, I think it's important to address well, lifestyle, sleep, you know, obviously nutrition, and then you can dig deeper into the gut, et cetera. So what, what's your uh, general framework for, I guess, uh, uh, starting the process, I guh where do you start? <laughs> well, everybody's, every, I mean, look, everybody's different yep. as to what they're able to take on, like who, what, how many changes they can make. But one of the reasons I developed the metabolic code, the, you know, cloud-based system is that it puts in 220 labs and puts in 180 answers to 180 questions and puts in their salivary and urinary pH and blood pressure and BMI and heart rate. And it renders where you need to begin with them. Right. So, you know, one person, it may be they need to work on, and we and it falls into five categories, right? Adrenal, thyroid, pancreas, gut, immune, brain, cardiopulmonary, neurovascular, liver, lymph, kidney, and then sex hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. Right. So those five groupings, pretty much I can explain any biochemical reaction in the body on those groupings. And and but but what you need to do is find out, well, which one you need to work on? Because I have people go, oh, you've got, well, you've got food allergies. We're going to start with a food allergy panel and we're going to do a, a Genova panel or whatever. And the reality is, is nobody talked to them enough about their lack of sleep and their stress. And if somebody's stressed out and anxious and they're not sleeping well, their gut's going to be leaky forever. Yeah, so, you so you could test them. You could test them for food allergies for the next five years. And all you keep doing is taking away food and making them more frustrated. Yep. So why I developed that after 35 years, it was actually 30 years because it's five years past it now, is that it, it was for that reason is where do I start? What scores the highest with my labs, my symptoms, and my biometrics? Do I, you know, is it my, is it my stress and energy and fat metabolism? Is it my immune resiliency? Am I beginning to attack myself? Is my brain getting neurally inflamed? You know, and then and then that tells you where to begin, right? So because you can't do everything on people. People aren't zealots like you and me. I mean, I'm a, I'm a zealot. Right. I mean, I'm, right. you know, I've lived this life for, you know, since I was 14. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know, so, it, it, and, and you know what? If I died early, I would say I lived my life the way I wanted to. I wanted to be responsible for my body. I wanted to, you know, I, I wanted to take care of myself. I wanted to make better choices and appreciated good quality food. It's not just about how long you're going to live. It's living in the way you believe. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's important. That's what I try to get across to people is, look, you're sitting in front of me. You got stage four, you know, pancreatic cancer with mess to the liver. We got to get you on board with something to get you to believe in something. And, you know, it's it, it it's important. And so I think if we can if we can identify where the person's broke first. Oh yeah, I'm stressed out, not sleeping, and my blood sugar's high. You know what? That's a lot to work on to get started. Yep, absolutely. You know, much less, oh, my lipids are off because my blood sugar's high and I'm stressed out. Right. Don't worry, but the lipids will probably come down when we change your diet, you start to walk, and I give you some stuff to get your stress down, your sleep better, and your blood sugar better. And that's kind of the way I've approached it is looking at things as a network, and, and as we all know, net, the, the network of the body, anything that kind of divides the communication between everything in your body is artificial, right? You have whole body communication. 
the liver bone connects to the kidney bone, connects to the brain bone, connects to the gut bone, connects to the uh, thyroid bone, connects to the adrenal bone, right? They're all connected. Yeah. And, and so, but we do have to create some sort of network that allows us to, uh, to study it, measure it. Because look, you know, you know, doc, one of the biggest things is, so there's no good studies for what we do. That's one of the reasons I did the, the, the uh, software program was the cloud-based program was it's a black box. You have all these symptoms, all these labs, right? and we give multiple interventions. You're going to breathe. You're going to eat different. You're going to take vitamin D. You're going to take CoQ10. You're going to take some uh, theanine, and you're going to take something for your sleep, but then you're going to take something for your gut. What's that outcome? Because we're still busy studying, does vitamin D help or not? Right. I mean, you know. Right. And and we need to do black box outcomes, and that, that's kind of what we're really you know pushing towards and 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 working with now. Yeah. No, that's that's excellent, and you're absolutely right about that because you don't know you know it's multiple things to tweak, and there's not always you know three dozen randomized double you know placebo controlled studies to to show that so you got to start somewhere whether it's anecdotal and then n of one you got to start you know that's exactly right i mean it's it's so important for people to understand that i mean people ask me all the time are there i mean here's the thing i'm i'm pretty bad at this because like i could say the same thing i could name any five drugs humera naproxen aspirin glucophage crestor how many studies are on those five drugs together oh my gosh there's none no none how often do those five drugs given together well those are massive billions of dollars worth of sales i'm sure exactly that's my point everybody yaps and and you know once again i look i taught at the college of pharmacy and medicine at the university of cincinnati for 17 years both medical students and pharmacy students, all right? So I have nothing but appreciation for medical school, pharmacy school, us trying to move ourselves forward uh, to help people. But the bottom line is, when they start to throw out this, this, the evidence base, the evidence base is weak for the majority of the drug therapies that are initiated for people, other than maybe three drugs deep. Yeah, well, sure. Well, look at the, uh, yeah, you know, another classic example is the statins, right? They're, they're uh risk reduction is minimal, but they spin it and make it sound like it's more than what it is uh, compared to say hormones or uh, supplement, you know, nutri- nutrients, et cetera. Yeah. You know, so exactly. That's <laughs> crazy. Right. Well, we got a, we got a big, it's, it's an uphill battle against the, the powers that be, but it, it's good that, uh, you know, we're out there and you're out there, you know, <laughs> educating people on that. Just pushing away, man. Pushing away, pushing away. What's uh, I was going to ask you too about we touched on this earlier because you mentioned uh, a while back about people with kind of kind of just doing things like the key the for example like a ketogenic diet and exactly I mean I know when you obviously you've seen it a million times I'm sure but you know so people on any kind of diet or anything you know just doing it you know haphazard or doing it their own way and then they're having bad outcomes because of it you know a lot of people. <laughs> overdo it on the fats they just load up on the fat and they can, they wonder why they're you know they're, they're they're gaining weight or they're having you know adverse events or whatever <laughs> whatever but uh the the, the lps the uh, leaky gut etc because from high fat diets i mean that's something i don't think enough people hear about i'd love to hear expound on that a little bit 
Well, you know, I think I was the first person to start talking about that at A4M was that, hey, guys, you know, the problem with this whole thing of ketogenic diets is that you trigger more, you know, circulating lipopolysaccharide and lipopolysaccharides implicated in the progression to diabetes, kidney damage, multi-organ heart failure, dementia, triggering neuroinflammation via glial cell activation. So when you, when you eat a high fat diet, you're killing off your microbiome, you start to do that. And so then people go, well, then I'll eat more fiber and vegetables. Well, then you're not eating a ketogenic diet. No, now it's called a modified ketogenic diet, which I think is so funny because it's either this or it's not. Okay. Let's, can we just create a diet for what it is? Right. And, um, and I, and so, I mean, one of the biggest things I find on people, I just had a guy in this last week, man. I mean, his triglycerides were 650. His lipase was 170. I mean, he was blowing up. He was creating foie by eating ketogenic. He was like, he was getting ready to pickle his lip. Oh, my goodness. I mean, and and then I had another guy come in. It was a former Dodger that had a, it was triggered, triggered colitis in him. I had another person where they got pancreatitis, another person where their gallbladder got triggered. I mean, I've, I've actually, it's, it's probably the top diet that I see side effects I'm on, sure. like when people come in and yet nobody's talking about yeah, nobody's it. Nobody's talking about it. Right, right. Everybody just gets on. It's like, Oh, I'm going to drink some more bulletproof coffee. I mean, what, whatever. I mean, I don't, I mean, nothing against it, but I'm just saying, you know, let's measure labs and see what goes on with their lipids. Cause the, the here's when you're going to know it. Either that high, either that high sat fat diet is good for you or it's not. And if you're an APO three three or a three four or a four four, you'll see the inflammation pop up in your labs. It'll be there. And the first sign of metabolic inflammation or uh, is dyslipidemia. You make more apolipoprotein B, more oxidized LDL, more small particle LDL, uh, more LPA. All that stuff is going on, and you're making less of the good lipids and the promoters of endothelial health. Right. So, so to me, it's like, well, you know, we've got to really talk simple to people like, look, your lipids, because people also hear, oh, it doesn't matter what your lipids are. Right. You do. Kind, kinda. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> like everything has, has a level, right? <laughs> exactly. And it's the kind of lipid, if you're making a ton of oxidized LDL and your myeloperoxidase, which is, you know, obviously, you know, this is the enzyme that upregulates oxidation of LDL cholesterol. If you're making a lot of that, you're laying down plaque. Yeah, a- you know, if your pH is acidic, you're melting your bone down and that calcium is going to end up on your blood vessels. That's why I love aged garlic, right? Wakanaga that makes the coyotophilus, they do the same thing with that aged garlic extract. That stuff blocks bone mineral density loss and regresses vulnerable plaque in blood vessels studies in humans not rats and that's significant that's the value of nutrients i still can't figure out why it's not in a combo pack with all the docs that are passionate about giving out stat well i was just getting ready to say that i'm like wow and you, you never hear about that and <laughs> do you you know i've never heard of it until i heard you talk about it and i thought oh that's amazing but yeah a million uh you'll you'll see statins everywhere but not nobody's talking about aged garlic or yeah estrogen. And even when you give the thing is, is when they did the studies and the control were people on statins. Yeah. When they added aged garlic extract to it, it reduced placking by 76%. Woo! Big number. That's huge. Big number. 
and that's in humans. You don't hear about I that. mean, yeah. where do you get where do you get that kind of data from another drug? Right? Yeah, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Exactly, man. It, it, it's crazy. It, I just, I, 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 it's just, it's very interesting to me how we've prejudiced ourselves and blocked ourselves off against lifestyle, proper diet. And I think I understand what a good proper diet for most people are. I mean, I mean, one of the biggest things that we're doing with people right now is we just keep restricting it. Oh, you got to do a gap diet. Oh, no, you're going to do a FODMAP diet. Oh, no, you're going to do a modified FODMAP diet. Hey, you know what? We're going to make you become a breatharian. You're not allowed to eat anything, <laughs> but you can breathe in whatever you want. <laughs> right. Right. Mel- I mean, Mel- that yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we got it. We got to fix people so they can eat more food while we know that hybridized grain is a problem in the U.S., we realize that a lot of people have allergies to dairy, but hell, we knew that to begin with. I mean, there's always been people with allergies to cow's dairy. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. I was gonna, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you is about dairy. You know, people ask about calcium and dairy. And obviously, if you're lactose intolerant, that's one thing. But if you're not, then, you know, what's the harm? You know, you hear you hear people on both sides of it. You know, does, does cheese and milk and all this stuff, is it bad for you? Is it good for you? Does it help with calcium? Does it not help with calcium? But I'd uh, love to hear you talk about dairy. And it, sugar. It, sure. Yeah, well, it's bad for you if you react to it. Right. So like if you if if you can't breathe, if your if your sinuses are dripping, if you're itching, if you've gotten really heavy, if you know and you're eating dairy, I mean one of the first things I did when I was cutting for competitions, you know? Yeah. Uh when I qualified for the US Nationals, man, you take dairy out 10 weeks out. Yeah, drop the dairy. It's the first. It's like it's like the the, the general rule of thumb. Everybody knows it. You right. want to be a you want to be a little thicker skin. Start drinking. Keep eating dairy. <laughs> chug, chug <them> <laughs> but I don't. I don't have a. I, here's the thing. I don't have. People were eating dairy in the 1940s and were completely healthy, man. Right. 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 And people still eat dairy all over the world and don't have our issues. Absolutely. So I am not going to say, oh, my God, no one should ever eat dairy. I can't eat dairy. I can tell you what, when I eat dairy, cow's dairy, I don't breathe through my nose. Yeah. And my hands, I, I hold water. I hold th- I'm three pounds heavier the next morning. Yeah. They're... And believe me, as an Italian, I want buffalo mats i want burrata uh-huh. you know I, I, and, and and it's for me i actually react to most dairy so it's not even that it's cow's dairy so okay. i just don't get that option but but every but that doesn't mean oh everybody shouldn't do it let's figure out like, like our diet that we put together and i have three dietitians you know with 60 years experience between them that we put this together with right uh we, we created a, a modified low-carb, low-elimination diet where you eliminate a bunch of foods that are high-allergen foods, and then you bring them back in over time and figure out which things making you hold water, which things making you have farts, which things making you make your skin itch, which things making you not be able to breathe, which one's making your mood go flat, Right. and go, oh, okay. Now, you could do a food allergy panel if you want. I typically don't do those unless somebody comes in, they got full-blown autoimmunity. If they got Hashimoto's thyroiditis, if they've got rheumatoid arthritis or they're an MS case, I'll do a food allergy panel just because I want to get every immune aggravant I can out of that person to get started. But I don't start people to learn how to eat and I don't want them to fear eating. I mean, people are at a point now, they go to practitioners and they start to get scared of what they can eat and not eat. Hello. 
Eric. Hello, Eric. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Eric. Hello, Eric. Hello.